And at last they came to Crete and to Knossos beneath the peaks of Ida and to the palace of Minos, the great king, to whom Zeus himself taught laws. So he was the wisest of all mortal kings and conquered all the Aegean Isles. And his ships were as many as the seagulls and his palace like a marble hill. And he sat among the pillars of the hall upon his throne of beaten gold and around him stood the speaking statues which Daedalus had made by his skill. For Daedalus was the most cunning of all Athenians, and he first invented the plumb line, and the auger, and glue, and many a tool with which wood is wrought. And he first set up masts in ships and yards, and his son made sails for them. But Perdix, his nephew, excelled him, for he first invented the saw and its teeth, copying it, from the backbone of a fish, and invented also the chisel, and the compass, and the potter's wheel which molds the clay. Therefore Daedalus envied him, and hurled him headlong from the temple of Athena. But the goddess pitied him, for she loves the wise, and changed him into a partridge, which flits forever about the hills. And Daedalus fled to Crete, to Minos, and worked for him many a year, till he did a shameful deed at which the sun hid his face on high. He then fled from the anger of Minos, he and Icarus his son, having made themselves wings of feathers and fixed the feathers with wax. So they flew over the sea toward Sicily, but Icarus flew too near to the sun and the wax of his wings melted and he fell into the Icarian sea. But Daedalus came safe to Sicily and there wrought many a wondrous work. For he made King Cocalus a reservoir, from which a great river watered all the land, and a castle, and a treasury on a mountain, which the giants themselves could not have stormed. And in Selenos he took the stream which comes up from the fires of Etna, and made of it a warm bath of vapor, to cure the pains of mortal men. And he made a honeycomb of pure gold, in which the bees came and stored their honey. And in Egypt, he made the forecourt of the temple of Hephaestus in Memphis, and a statue of himself within it, and many another wondrous work. And for Minos, he made the statues which spoke and moved, and the temple of Ritomartes, and the dancing hall of Ariathne, which he carved of fair white stone. And in Sardinia he worked for Aeolus, and in many a land beside, wandering up and down forever with his cunning, unlovely and accursed by men. But Theseus stood before Minos, and they looked at each other in the face. And Minos bade take them to prison, and cast them to the monster one by one, that the death of Andragios might be avenged. But Theseus cried, A boon, O Minos! Let me be thrown first to the beast, for I came hither for that very purpose, of my own will, and not by lot. And who are you then, brave youth? I am the son of him whom of all men thou hatest the most, Aegeus, the king of Athens, and I have come here to end this matter. And Minos pondered a while, looking steadfastly at him, and he thought, The lad means to atone by his own death for his father's sin. And he answered at last mildly, 
Go back in peace, my son. It is a pity that one so brave should die. But Theseus responded, I have sworn to not go back till I have seen the monster face to face. And at that Minos frowned and said, Then thou shalt see him. Take this madman away. And the guards led Theseus away into the prison with the other youths and maids. But Ariothne, Minos's daughter, saw him as she came out of her white stone hall, and she loved him for his courage and his majesty, and said to herself, Shame that such a youth should die. And by night she went down to the prison and told him all her heart and said, Flee down to your ship at once, for I have bribed the guards before the door. Flee, you and all your friends, and go back in peace to Greece, and take me, take me with you, for I dare not stay after you are gone, for my father will kill me miserably if he knows what I have done. And Theseus stood silent a while, for he was astonished and confounded by her beauty. But at last he said, I cannot go home in peace till I have seen and slain this Minotaur, and avenge the deaths of the youths and maidens, and put an end to the terrors of my land. And you will kill the Minotaur? How then? I know not, nor do I care, but he must be strong, if he be too strong for me. Then she loved him all the more and asked, But when you have killed him, how will you find your way out of the labyrinth? I know not, neither do I care, but it must be a strange road if I do not find it out before I have eaten up the last of the monster's carcass. Then she loved him all the more and said, Fair youth, you are too bold, but I can help you, weak as I am. I will give you a sword, and with that, perhaps you may slay the beast, and a clue of thread, and by that, perhaps you may find your way out again. Only promise me, that if you escape safely, that you will take me home with you to your land of Greece, for my father will surely kill me if he knows what I have done. And Theseus laughed and said, Am I not safe enough now? And he hid the sword in his bosom and rolled up the clue in his hand. And then he swore to Ariothne and fell down before her and kissed her hands and her feet. And she wept over him a long while and then went away, and Theseus lay down and slept sweetly. And when the evening finally came, the guards came in and led him away to the labyrinth. And he went down into that doleful gulf, through winding paths among the rocks, under caverns and arches and galleries and heaps of fallen stone. And he turned on the left hand and on the right hand, and went up and down till his head was dizzy, but all the while he held his clue, for when he went in, he had fastened it to a stone and left it to unroll out of his hand as he went on, and it lasted him until he met the Minotaur in a narrow chasm between black cliffs. And when he saw him, he stopped a while, for he had never seen so strange a beast. His body was a man's, but his head was the head of a bull, and his teeth were the teeth of a lion, and when he saw Theseus, he roared and put his head down and rushed right at him. But Theseus stepped aside nimbly, and as he passed by, cut the Minotaur on the knee. And before he could turn in the narrow path, 
he followed him and stabbed him again and again from behind till the monster fled bellowing wildly, for he had never before felt a wound. And Theseus followed him at full speed, holding the clue of thread in his left hand. Then on, through cavern after cavern, under dark ribs of sounding stone, and up rough glens and torrent beds, among the sunless roots of Ida, and to the edge of the eternal snow, went they, the hunter and the hunted, while the hills bellowed with the monster's howls. And at last Theseus caught up with him, where he lay panting on a slab among the snow, and caught him by the horns, and forced his head back, and drove the keen sword through his throat. The Minotaur was dead. Then he turned, and went back limping and weary, feeling his way down by the clue of thread, till he came to the mouth of that doleful place, and saw waiting for him, whom but Ariadne. And he whispered to her, It is done, and showed her the sword. And she laid her finger over her lips and led him to the prison, and opened the doors, and set all the prisoners free, while the guards lay sleeping heavily, for she had silenced them with wine. Then they fled to their ship together, and leapt on board, and hoisted up the sail, and the night lay dark around them, so that they passed through Minos's ships unnoticed, and escaped all safe to Naxos. And there 